Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Welcome to the final episode of Bass Edge Radio for 2018. Hard to believe, Kurt, that another year has came and gone as we quickly approach Christmas. Yeah, no doubt, Aaron. It's been a fabulous year and uh, fabulously Bass Edge Radio supported by MegaWare Keelguard. Don't forget about all the products that MegaWare has. The Pontoon Guard, Skeg Guard, often wonderful for bass anglers, the Skeg Pro, Scuff Buster, and my new favorite, the Flex Step Pro. Aaron, I got one of those a few months ago, and I gotta say, it is the deal. Love the Flex Step Pro. Make sure you check out all those products from MegaWare. Yeah, and along those same lines, Kurt, of checking things out. I was perusing the latest Bass Blaster that shows up really quite often in my inbox and I noticed that uh, you were probably attending the State of Lake Amistad meeting in your ditch melon attire figuring out how to <laughs> increase your catch rate by 68 to 305%. So that's uh, three things that you get to address. <laughs> You're exactly right. Blaster's been on cue. You know, it's kind of a slow part of the season, obviously. No national tournaments going on, but still a lot of great local events and things. And the uh, Bass Blaster brings us to light first. Let, I'm going to have to take these in order here. <laughs> State of Lake Amistad. You know, this is actually a meeting I had a part in putting together. We were looking to um, kind of, you know, Amistad's fishing fair. You know, not used to be the number one fishing lake in the entire universe as far as I was concerned and it was rated by ESPN about 10 years ago as the number one lake in the country and uh, we've seen a lot of ups and downs good years and bad years so we had uh, Randy Myers Texas Parks and Wildlife Biologist along with several other government organizations come in talk about the state of Lake Amistad man it was an awesome meeting I would encourage anybody whatever lake that their community lives on to uh, understand your fishery be active as a community to make sure the condition of the fishery stays at a great level because it's so important, not just for the economy, but quite honestly, for your pleasure. (laughs) So, um, you know, having a great fishery always makes it a lot of fun. So that was great that Bass Blaster was talking about that. And then you're talking about the bass forecast stating that I think it's 68 to 305%. It will increase your catch rate by understanding the bass forecast. This is put out by a gentleman out in Arlington, Texas, it looks like. Mike Melman, I believe is his name. It just looks like an interesting app, you know, something we all need to check out and stay on top of the latest and greatest out here that people are bringing new innovative products to our industry and this being an app on your smartphone. So check out that bass forecast could be pretty cool. And like you say, Bass Blasters all in on the ditch melon attire. If you need a last (laughs) Christmas gift, you might want to look at that. But, uh, you know, even when Jay Kumar was running bass, fan way back in the day he had some very cool attire and he's ticking the bar on that again with bass blaster so always lots of fun listening to uh the news of the industry and just kind of staying up on some of the highlights with jay kumar's bass blaster if you're not a member or signed up to get the email you can very easily bass blaster at bassgold.com be on board check it out 
Yeah, it's uh, always very interesting because there are no road ditches when it comes to Jay Kumar, (laughs) as you can tell by our opening segment, but uh, always fun stuff there. All right, Aaron, we're going to move on to the next segment. You guys hang on to your hats. We've got uh, continued another great show here with Bass Edge Radio. We'll be right back. This is the ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with Seth Fighter. Yeah, I want to talk about spy baiting. It's something that's come on really strong in the last few years. Really, really awesome smallmouth bass technique, clear water. Anytime they're focusing on perch, it's one of the best baits to throw. I throw an Arashi spin bait, a couple keys to the bait. You definitely want to throw it on six pound. I know a lot of guys try it on eight, but you will definitely get more bites on six pound line. It just gives the bait a little bit better action. And when you're fishing it, I know it looks like you're just steady reeling, but there's real subtle things when you're reeling it in that get you a lot more bites. I, I'm never just constantly steady reeling it. I'm always like slightly speeding up or slightly slowing down, throwing a little pause in there every once in a while it's all real subtle stuff this isn't like a jerk bait where you're cracking it real hard or twitching or anything like that it's very subtle slow steady bait through the water and a couple things i've done to really increase my landing percentage on them i'll remove the split rings from the bait and tie loops with braid these 30 pound braided line to tie my treble hooks to the hook hangers Another thing I'll do, I'll, I'll tie on a little bit of marabou onto that back hook. It's just something about the way the smallmouth comes up behind that bait. He'll track it a lot and just get up behind it. A lot of times he'll just kiss that back treble hook and tighten that marabou on there. I went from, you know, just getting one of those treble hooks in there to getting two or three of those back hooks in the fish. and That really increased my landing percentage, but uh, I've done really well on perch colors. And it's something that I think plays better midsummer into early fall. It's real similar to that hair jig bite where I feel like that shines a a lot more spring into early summer and then uh late summer into early fall is really that spy bait time but you're fishing really similar white line long rod spinning rod long cast and uh it's just a real slow subtle bait going through the water but just mix up that handle a little bit as you're winding it in versus just real steady and that'll get you a lot more bites and uh when you hook them you'll get them in a the boat awesome tip seth thank you so much that's the protecttheharvest.com tackle tip with seth fighter first by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and Marine Products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. to get to kind of your thoughts i thought of course our friends there at basszone.com and, and matt pangrak did just a, a great piece on kind of 
live coverage and, and what what is coming and what to expect. So if you could talk briefly about that, but I also wanted to get your thoughts on how does that impact like the no information rule? And if we're going to get to this now state in the sport to where I can pull up my mobile device or heck, even like we talked about last episode, you know, with Lawrence now being able to kind of post one of the six panels on our new HDSs and I can watch you on that live coverage and I'm a competitor. Can you kind of just briefly touch on those two topics quickly? Yeah, well, honestly, there's nothing quick about that. But first, let's talk about the live coverage. You know, perusing back through, you talked about Bass Zone, and, you know, they, they've always got some great coverage of the sport with uh, BTL, which is Bass Talk Live, and bringing on new things. Matt did a great article a few weeks back talking about the overlap of, Aaron, we are going to be inundated with live coverage. FLW stepped it up, Bass has stepped it up, and now now you've got the BPT, the MLF tour also with live coverage. Matt put up a little graphic and from January right through August, it seems there won't be a week off that you don't have a big national tournament to watch. What's interesting about that is where these eyeballs are going to go in two separate segments of the year. For example, the first one, April 9th through 14th during that same week, you've got the Bass Pro Tour stop number four. We don't know the location yet. We've got the FLW at Cherokee Lake and the Elite Series at Winya Bay. Dude, we're going to have to buy additional screens for our computers to watch all this stuff. <laughs> Not only that, it's almost like two weeks later, you've got the same scenario. You've got the Bassmaster Elite Series Texas Fest on Lake Fork. you got the FLW Tour on Lake Chickamauga, and you got the Bass Pro Tour stop number five going on. So there is so much information, so much live coverage that's going to be available in 2019 now that we have three tours it's going to be interesting where those eyeballs go to i assume aaron it's going to be partially depending on is it brian thrift picking apart a rock ledge somewhere you know with a swim bait is it kevin van dam you know cranking up some deep fish on some lake somewhere or is it maybe steve kennedy flipping up some bushes somewhere you know it's going to be interesting where these eyeballs go and what people watch because there is so much out there to check out it's going to be an interesting dynamic year yeah, for sure. And it sounds to me like that is the recipe for productivity across uh, the fishing population at the workplace is going to go way <laughs> yes. down. I'm kind of thinking already there's going to be a lot of internet filters that block fishing coverage because there's going to be so much out there. But I agree with you. I look forward to seeing those results. And will it be more of a regional focus of people that's from that area that's tuning in to the various tournament organizations? And will they sure. switch or flip-flop as the other tournament organizations come to their region? Or or is, are you going to have these tried and true followers or maybe perhaps a, a combination of the both? But uh, yeah. we've never seen it before, you know, in the history of our sport like this. And this is where we all wanted it to go. So uh, hang on. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Hang on to your hat. Like you're going to say, it's, it's going to be pretty cool. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick, you know, about some of the uh, other questions you had off limits and no information. You know, this is all just general public information. So this is all stuff that any of the guys fishing the tours, they can watch it. And the other thing I think is really interesting that you're going to see how happen in pro fishing is these personal camera devices, whether it be a GoPro or the Garmin Vibe or, or some of these other ways that anglers are taping themselves on the water. You're really going to start to see these take shape as far as the predominant coverage to cover all of these different anglers. And, and I really see a shift too from coverage to using these cameras potentially in the future as an observer. These cameras are almost going to be the observer for anglers and 
a lot of situations. So uh, professional bass fishing, driving it up a notch, I feel like moving the level to uh, more innovation, um, taking into account these technology advances that can be useful not only for the fans, but just overall for the organizations themselves. I see just lots of changes moving forward. And like I've said in past episodes over the last couple months, over the next three to five years, we're going to see this whole sport, I think, go through a transition of sorts, a revamping. And um, it's going to be cool to watch yeah, and see where it all There's is. nothing sacred anymore, Kurt. Like, you can't just no. get out on the water and just enjoy the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, just not yeah, if you want to fish in the national You're just going to have a million people watching you. That's exactly right. Well, I tell you what, Aaron, we're kicking off this final Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight with one of the anglers that most people want to hear from. When we post on our social media page, this guy's name comes up a lot. We want to hear more from him. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back with the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight right after this. I'm BASS Elite Angler Skylar Hamilton. This is FLW Tour Angler James Nigelman. I'm professional angler Mark Rose. I'm professional angler Britt Myers. This is FLW Tour Champion David Williams. Stay tuned for more Bass Edge Radio. Know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Our featured angler in this episode is a legit, way up north angler who is making a strong name for himself on the Bassmaster Elite Series. He'll be back for his fourth year at Bass and his second time right here on Bass Edge Radio. Welcome, Seth Fighter. Excellent to have you on the show again, Seth. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Well, Seth, is the water getting hard up in Minnesota? I see you've kind of been trying to get out and do a little bit of hunting. Are you down for some ice fishing yeah. now? Yeah. No, I don't ice fish, but we're pretty much locked up. There's a few little holes on, like, the real big lakes. There's a little bit of water on the river still, but the next week will be completely frozen, I'd say. Yeah, well, better <laughs> you than me. Hopefully that stays up your direction. This is getting down by me. But, hey, Seth, we last interviewed you just before you kicked off your Elite Series career in 2015. And Bass Edge listeners, you need to roll back to episode 204, 204, and hear Seth as he kicked off his Elite Series career. But, Seth, what are the biggest differences in your fishing from then up until uh, present day? Um, I'd say... A lot of it's confidence, and then a lot of it, I'm just gaining more knowledge every year, you know. Growing up in Minnesota, we're basically fishing natural lakes with pretty much everyone of just full of grass, so it doesn't really translate a lot to the places we go, you know. We don't have any tidal rivers or any reservoirs like that, where it's all just rock and trees and stuff, so 
definitely that was out of my comfort zone to begin with but each year i go down south i learn a little more and get a little more comfortable down there so that's definitely helping so seth was that something you tried to do specifically to maybe just fish more down in that area or was it really just learning by you know the seat of your pants you know as you went through the elite series those first couple years uh both i mean i'll spend quite a bit of time now that we're froze out since i get my boat rolling i'm gonna spend some time down south again this winter and early spring before the season gets rolling and then you know a lot of it was just trial by fire just getting out there and learning the hard way blowing a bunch of money on the elite series <laughs> right right well you know at the end of 2016 that's really kind of what slammed you into the spotlight you know you're having a fair year that second year you're on tour and then of course you won second in the yeah. wisconsin event and then and then you went to your home lake up there at millax and and just ripped them a new one <laughs> you know just kind of lit it up up there so how did that really affect your career moving forward was that the pedestal you really needed to be on to kind of get some things rolling and it seemed like that pushed you into a whole new stratosphere you know you turn the corner now with two years after that 2017 and 2018 with top 20 angler of the year finishes yeah no that was a pivotal moment really i mean i knew Malax was on the schedule at the beginning of the year i knew i had to make that and uh, i was sitting pretty good in the points until the second to last event which was on the potomac river and i just absolutely bombed i think i finished 90th or something really bad and lacrosse became the make or break tournament for me back against the wall i knew i had to make at least a top five there just to even make it to malax and fortunate enough to have a second place finish there and then made it to Malax and got her done there but a uh, major confidence booster and just an attitude change you know um, I was really really tight on money starting out and uh, I basically fished my first two years just aiming for 50th place trying to get that last $10,000 check what do I got to do to get it kind of deal and then going into lacrosse and actually like trying to fish for the win was a big eye opener it's the only way to fish competitively if you're fishing for the last place check and you know how tournaments are it never goes as planned and you know if you're fishing for 50th place it seems like you end up 80th place and if you try to win every time you go out there it's, it's obviously not always going to happen but you end up 20th place or 30th place instead of 80th so, so we, big attitude adjustment and uh you know boost the confidence you know have a couple good tournaments there so seth that mental training transition that you speak of of fishing to win versus fishing not to lose how were you able to regroup you know just like any athlete or any fisherman or any angler that's out there and and we talk about decision making and you talk about the attitude adjustment was that something that you just kind of went out and sat in the middle of a cove and said okay i'm gonna kick my own butt into gear or did you go through a process or talk to others can can you walk us through kind of just that psychology piece of it a little bit no i mean i guess it was kind of self-done um i just really didn't have an option I, i was real Basically, if I didn't make that Malax tournament, I might not be fishing the Elite Series right now. I was kind of at the end of my rope and back against the wall, and I just had to make something happen at lacrosse because if I didn't do well at lacrosse and didn't make Malax, it was pretty much over for me. I was just getting by on the Elite Series, you know, barely breaking even two years of that. I mean, you're going to go broke pretty quick doing that. Yeah, no doubt. But what I think is really intuitive here is the two years after that, you know, two top 20 AOI finishes. I mean, you look at the guys that finished top 20 in angler of the year you amongst them obviously and one of them you know it's a whole different level is it really that close of a difference between the guys that are fishing and finishing in 60 to 80 or shooting for that check line versus the guys that are consistently finishing in the top 20 of the angler of the year is it that close of a distance that just one little tweak and you can be there oh 
absolutely. I mean, every guy fishing the lead series is an excellent fisherman. It's really just a mental game after that point. You look at the guys that do really well. Those guys are top 10 AOI guys every year. And the confidence and the, the aggressiveness in the way they fish versus the playing it safe and trying to get a check. Guys like your Hackneys, your Van Dams, those guys are trying to win every single tournament they fish. And I, I feel like everybody at that level is you know, capable of being in that top 10 AOI category. I mean, they're all capable. They all have the skill, and they're all capable of doing that. It's just a little bit different in attitude, you know, that really separates those guys that are in the top ten every year versus, you know, the guys that are finishing middle of the pack. Well, Seth, we've chatted a bit with some of the new Major League Fishing Bass Tour pros, and you've decided to stay with bass. Can you chat quickly about that decision and what your bird's-eye view of the sport is in this current situation? Yeah, it was a pretty easy decision for me. My heart's always been with Bassmaster. You know, a lot of those guys were kind of upset with the way things transpired going back a long ways and that really didn't pertain to me i've never had a problem with bass masters they've always treated me well and it was a pretty easy decision for me i mean Bassmasters has the brand. They've pretty much made everybody's name. That's a big name, you know, that's just not going to go anywhere. I just worked way too hard clawing through the opens to get to that level to just throw it away for trying to do something different. And, you know, I just felt like Bassmasters had the best brand. And in my eyes, it's still the best circuit going. And, I mean, they got the Bassmasters Classic. It's something I've dreamt about since I was a little kid. And I just can't say I've ever dreamt of winning a major league fishing tournament, you know? Right, right. How do you feel like this is going to kind of set the stage moving forward now that, you know, basically you've got three national tours, you know, Bass, FLW, and now Major League Fishing. I mean, you hear about all this stuff about it bringing more opportunity and more anglers can fish. What's your view on that whole situation as far as what does this do to the sport moving forward? Well, there's definitely pros and cons to it. I mean, I, I definitely think there's room for more professional anglers out there versus, you know, the what do we have about. 250 between FLW and the Elite Series. But at the same time, there's only, you know, so much coverage that can go around. So having the smaller fields is going to, you know, help get everybody fishing them more uh, spotlight time for sponsors and branding and all that. But, you know, those are the positive sides. The negative side is the fishing industry as a whole and just gain a whole bunch more money because they started a third circuit. So now you're taking that uh, sponsorship dollar and kind of spreading it between three circuits instead of two. So I think in the long run that I might end up hurting the anglers, but uh, you know, there's a lot of questions and uh, we'll find out in the next few years how it all shakes out. It'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Following up on the um, 2019 classic, this will be your second trip to the classic. I believe is yep. this going to be the, the last monster classic? I mean, you've got all of the names that we've heard of for the last, you know, 10 years that that'll be all together it seems like maybe for for one final time with some guys staying with bass some guys moving to major league fishing did you feel like this is like a last hurrah so to speak uh no not at all the bassmaster classic is always going to be the bassmaster classic regardless of who's fishing it you know it'll be an interesting one with the majority of the guys that are fishing it no longer fishing bass masters but uh the classic's always going to be around, so I, I don't see that affecting it at all. I would agree that the name is going to far outweigh the people that are fishing it, and no matter what, the classic for the foreseeable future is 
the Bassmaster Classic, and that's certainly not going anywhere. So it's good. And, interesting and that goes back to my point of, uh, you know, Bassmaster really showcasing the anglers. You know, I, I hear a lot of people like down talking, you know, the influx of open guys coming to the Elite Series, but. That's just because you haven't heard of those people yet. It doesn't make them any less better fishermen. There's a lot of guys that have really big names, you know, household names that realistically haven't done that well in the last five to ten years. But you know who they are because of Bassmasters um, and the branding they do and the promotion they do with their anglers. And, uh, you know, I'd say I think we got 20 new guys from the Open, and I'll go out and say it, I think. Just out of statistics-wise, 15 of them are better than, you know, those big-name guys. I'm not going to name names, but, sure, sure. you know, I'm talking about the, the guys that have had that brand. You know, they did a lot of really great things five, ten years ago, but haven't really caught them lately. And, you know, guys kind of look down on the guys coming from the Open just because they haven't heard of them, even though, in my opinion, they're probably better anglers than those guys that, you know, kind of peaked five, ten years ago and are kind of, on their downslope now, you know? Yeah, it's going to be a fun season to watch. You're going to see a lot of new names, a lot of new characters in the game, which is always fun. And and like you say, you know, there's going to be new stars born. So it's going to be cool. Well, Bass Edge Nation, it's time to take a quick breather as we power pull down for a moment. Bass Edge Radio, we'll be right back. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Power Pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Power Pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Power Pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power Pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio, presented in part by Lawrence Electronics, returns with BASS Elite Series Angler Seth Fighter in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products for oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping. It works. Seth, I've been a huge fan of these. I know lots of anglers have been. You put on several webinars throughout the winter the last couple of years with Josh Douglas. Uh, will you continue to do yeah. that or what's on tap for your off season? Yeah, we're going to do a few more of those this winter and um, keep doing them. I, I enjoy doing them. They're fun. We get pretty good feedback from them and uh, it's nice sharing the info we gather traveling the country for the guys starting out and trying to get better at fishing and it's pretty rewarding. It's pretty fun. So just so the listeners can kind of get a little clue on what kind of you know webinars you guys are doing can you give us just some some updates on what might be going down here in the next couple months um as far as topics we don't have anything exactly planned yet we kind of get feedback from the viewers on what they want to hear about but uh they're i don't know usually about an hour hour and a half long we just go super in depth it i wouldn't say it's for the beginning angler it might be a little over their head but you know up and coming tournament guys or guys just fishing team tournaments around the house is kind of who are catering to and we'll just we'll take a topic you know maybe it's cold water small mouths or something like that and just go super in depth on it break it down um you know all the things we look for go really in depth on the tackle why and how we do everything and then take a bunch of questions on there and try to get everybody up on the same page and it's really fun and uh you know a lot of information goes out and those you know a lot of stuff that 
took us years to learn. If anybody's interested, it's definitely worth an hour of your time. Yeah, no doubt. The fact of the in-depthness on the education is second to none. And speaking of, you know, you'd kind of mentioned cold water smallmouth. You've really become known as a smallie guru, and you have a few top tens and a big W to your credit with the brownies. In what ways do you feel they are different, and why do some anglers fail to adapt well to catch them consistently? They move a lot, really. And I think people overestimate their intelligence. I think a lot of guys spend time fishing or they found them in practice thinking that they're just not biting. And they're pretty much always biting. I feel like if you're not catching them, they've just left. If the, you know, really the, what I've learned from really good smallmouth anglers is they're just really good at finding them more so. I mean, you could put two guys on the same school and they're going to catch them equally as well. But the guys that really end up being really good smallmouth fishermen are just better at finding them and knowing when to pull the plug and go on for them again rather than, you know, guys that... So I just see a lot of guys struggle because they get really... You know, they find them in practice, and they might catch them there the first day of the tournament. And then, you know, they kind of start falling off just because those fish are leaving rather than, you know, they're thinking that they're not biting and they got to do different stuff to catch them. But I think those fish have just left at that point. So can you, you get us... around a big school of smallies, you're going to catch them on anything you throw in there. Yeah. Can you give us some of at those few dumb ones. tips to, to find those few dumb ones or to more importantly to find what you speak of, that those guys are just really good at finding them? What is yeah, the separation? It's just a different mentality. It's more of a hunting mentality than trying to trick fish into biting. It's not a place to grind on fish that aren't there, fish that aren't cooperating. Just keep an open mind. Every day is a new day and just know that you're going to have to relocate them pretty much every single day. So you feel like in some of those situations, it's definitely more about the movement. You know, yeah. if you're not getting bites, you better move because, you know, like yeah. you were talking about, you know, they're not the brightest, although they're a gorgeous creature and, and we love to catch them. Yeah. They're not the brightest stick in the in the, in the box, right? Yeah. If I'm not reeling one in or looking at one, my trolling motor's cranked up moving. Very good. That's that's great information. Seth, what do well, you do? Tr- catching more, but um, once you found them, that, that's a little different. But if there's a big lot of them, you're going to catch a couple on whatever you throw in there first. Right. It's not like you've got to really, you know, dial into specific techniques or like you, you know, ways to trick them until probably after you've caught a few just to keep them going. You know, that's kind of a yeah. different scenario. Yeah. Yeah. But getting to that point, it's about movement and knowing that if you stick one in front of a fish, chances are it's going to eat it at least the first couple go arounds. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, I bounce back and forth between shallow and deep a lot. I think a lot of guys kind of overlook the shallow slowmouse. You know, I'm not just going to like keep going up and down like the same break or something like that, trying to find them. I'll, I'll bounce like in and out, go up shallow, go deep, go shallow, go deep, go shallow, go deep, so you can get them dialed. Good stuff. You know, moving into 2019, you know, we're always looking for the new whopper plopper, right? You know, the new technique. It was a couple years ago, the hair jig became a deal, and, and a lot of guys were throwing the hair jig, and then it was, you know, the plopper, I think, was probably the year after the hair jig came into crazy light. What, what are you seeing for some new lures or techniques that might play a, a larger role for tourney anglers in 2019? That's a million dollar question. I, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, there's a new little flipping rig from BMC called Tokyo Rig. It's kind of like a fixed slip shot. I had real good luck on that this year, but as far as the future goes, I don't know yet. It's experimental. Find out. 
I've seen that. I've seen that rig. Stuff, but it's, yeah, Tokyo rig, it's, it's a pretty cool deal. Uh, we flip like a lot of grass up here. Like everybody thinks we just smallmouth fish in Minnesota, but pretty much it's all like milfoil fish and largemouth. Right. Our smallmouth lakes are pretty spread out. We don't have that many like really good ones up here. Pretty much all our like local tournaments and stuff are milfoil lake, largemouth stuff. And, uh, okay. That little Tokyo rig was pretty killer this year. We lost the tournaments on it. It was uh, definitely a different look because everybody just, you know, flip a Texas rig or a jig that they gives them uh, quite a bit different look and there's something to it too because I've, I've tried to split them like a regular drop shot and I haven't had that much success on it. I don't know if it's the rigidness of that wire on there or what the deal is but it, it was definitely a good bait for us last year. Break that down for us. I think that's a real interesting concept. Can you kind of describe to the listeners what exactly the Tokyo rig is and what situations yeah. that you want to use it in? Um, well, essentially in the package it comes with a hook. There's a swivel and then there's a, about a three-inch wire drop on it and um, you just put whatever size weight you want on it, slide it on there and bend the wire a little bit so your weight stays on there and it basically just becomes like a really compact, rigid drop shot that you can you know, flip grass with or throw it in lay downs. It's way more like power fishing. This isn't like spinning pole and light line. This is flipping stick and heavy line and fishing it super heavy cover. It's just a lot different look than the fish have seen versus, you know, every jig or uh, Texas rig, you know, your bait's always on the bottom. Just keeps it up a little bit and, uh, I don't know, they just had a really good success fishing, you know, high pressure water, going behind people with this. It's just something new they haven't seen yet. So is it something you're like twitching and kind of bumping on the bottom like a yeah, Texas just, rig? Yeah, just shaking or... it really, yeah. Okay, yep. so it's more like specific spot, like you, you flip it in some grass or you flip it next to a tree and it's not, is it really that you're working it down the tree or you just, you know, kind of, no, you know, I'm leaving it one place spot just shaking my slack, really. Gotcha. And when the fish eat it, you know, when you think about that rig with that wire coming down the back side of the hook and, and like you say, you place whatever, you know, size weight that's needed for the application you're using. I've always wondered this. I've never used the Tokyo rig. I'm so happy we're talking about it. Does the fish actually eat the weight and the bait or is it just the bait or how does that work? Do you see teeth I mean, marks I've, I've, on I've never seen it underwater. The wire definitely gets bent up pretty good when you start catching them on it. I mean, it bends uh-huh. back. It's not a big deal, but I think they definitely get part of that wire in their mouth. I don't know if they eat the whole weight or not. I guess it depends on the size of the fish and how much he sucks in, but hooking percentage is insane on it. But the bite definitely feels a little different than it does on a standard Texas rigger jig. It's more of that drop shot, just kind of tension bite, you know what I mean? Yeah, Or it just yeah. kind of tightens up on you when you're shaking it versus, you know, a hard dunk or them really pulling back on it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, these are the kind of techniques that exactly what kind of we were referring to. You've got these techniques that come out, and usually they take, you know, a couple years before they really start moving, and then all of a sudden there becomes this little underground deal, you know, <laughs> like, like if you're a part of that underground deal, then you're catching stuff that other people aren't catching. And then when they catch them in a big tournament, of course, everybody's throwing it then. And, and uh, your advantage now is gone. Right. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. So the Tokyo rig, I like it. Seth, this is time for our listener question segment. This episode's question segment is brought to us by Nitro Performance Bass Boat. This is a question. This is actually the second question we've answered from Justin Van Buren of Omaha, Nebraska. He sent in this question. Do many of the Bassmaster or FLW tournament anglers have a second job besides marketing to their sponsors? 
I don't personally. I mean, I did when I started out, but now I got to the point where I can just fish and, you know, do shows and seminars and stuff like that for, uh, for my income. Uh, I mean, I, I think everybody's different. I'd say most of the higher level guys don't have a second job, but definitely um, guys starting out. And a lot of it's with schedule too. Like, and it'd be a lot easier to have a second job, like on FLW Tour versus Elite Series. We're almost nine months long and they're, you know, maybe six months long for FLW tour. They right. finish up pretty early. So it might be easier for a guy to, you know, get something going with that. But to be honest with you, at the end of a elite series year, I, I do not want to do much other than a little bit of hunting and start getting ready for next year. It's a pretty, pretty short off season, but, uh, there's definitely guys that do have second jobs, a lot of them. Even, you know, Elite Series guys, too. There's some that run their own companies and stuff. And I think everybody's a little different. Whatever you guys got time for, I guess. Definitely starting out, you're de- you're definitely going to need a second job. I mean, I'm still working a second job for the first two years I fished, but now at this point I'm comfortable enough where I don't have to do that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, Seth. You know, for perhaps for Justin and for others, let's say guys that are coming out of college, you know, looking to make their way on scene, or perhaps people that have worked their way up through the Opens. I mean, would you give them, would it be advisable to try and shore up your financial situation with some added income, or is there just simply not enough room? Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially if you can find a, you know, a job that'll let you have the time off you need for fishing those first couple of years until you really catch a break is it's pretty rough so yeah i would definitely definitely keep working yeah good stuff there seth appreciate you answering that question for justin and justin hey this isn't your first rodeo but remember to contact us through our facebook or social media send us an email at support at bassedge.com or simply log on to bassedge.com click on the claim your prize and let us know that you heard seth answer your question on this episode and we will get out that bass edge gift and as a reminder to Bass Edge listeners, send in those questions to the show via our website, BassEdge.com, to have a shot at winning another gift from Bass Edge Radio. You may also email us, support at Bass Edge, or leave those comments and questions on our Facebook and Instagram media pages. Well, Seth, uh, I've really been looking forward to this episode because from our perspective, it's always unique. The first time that we interview an up-and-coming kind of rookie angler like you were way back when, and now to see how that career has progressed. So first off, congratulations. But as we kind of close Thank down you. your veteran episode, I guess, and those probably music to your ears, any closing comments? Uh, no, just re- really looking forward to 2019. I think it's going to be an awesome year. And if anybody listen to this, social media, is, uh, I do a lot on Instagram. That's pretty much the best way to follow me. That's Seth Fighter Fishing. And uh, going to do some pretty cool stuff this next year. Got a reality show kind of behind the scenes deal in the works. Um, my travel partner, Chris Grohl, and I will be uh, shooting all it's not going to be real fishing like on the water fishing heavy but it's going to be a lot of behind the scenes you know after a day of practice after the tournament day you know kind of hanging out at the house or the hotel or whatever rigging cooking bsing um a little behind the scenes reality deal so keep an eye out for that and uh that's about it good stuff seth i'm going to send you off with our final segment four last questions for you what is the number one key to catching bass uh, confidence, I guess. Confidence in your lures. What is your favorite fishing lure of all time? Uh, probably a jig. I like what art- jig a lot. There you go. What artist or band is on the top of your current playlist? It's been getting weird. I, I'm kind of on a Hall & Oates kick lately. 
Nice. I dig that. All right. And uh, you kind of just alluded to this, but when are you going to start your own fishing show? Yeah, we got one coming for you. I don't know when the first finished product will go out, but we're going to start filming it at the first Elite Series event in St. John's, Florida. I don't know what the turnaround time on that stuff is but it'll be sometime this spring awesome man well, we're definitely looking forward to it whenever we post out on social media who do you want to hear from next on bass edge radio your name comes up consistently somebody's always wanting to hear from fighter man so uh super glad you could be here again on the show with us seth and um, appreciate everything you do with the industry look forward to following you especially in this new show that you're going to have <laughs> with uh behind the scenes on the Bassmaster elite series in 2019 we'll be checking it out bass edge radio will return in just a moment you know the importance of protecting your investments so why use anything else other than the original and toughest diy keel protector for your boat megaware keel guard grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology megaware keel guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Aaron, it's not a wonder why Seth is becoming a, uh, I'm going to say, a legit superstar in the sport. People really enjoy what he's got to say. He's very uh, intuitive in his thought process, and he's super casual, man. He just kind of lets it fly, you know, and that's the cool thing about Seth. You know, he just lets it roll right off his tongue, and he's got a lot of knowledge, man. He's a good dude. Really enjoy the fighter man. Yeah, for sure. He is who he is. And uh, how about the tip of tying a braid on that spy bait? My fingers are too fat and my eyes aren't <laughs> good enough to be able to make that happen. So anyway, no, I appreciate that. And hard to believe, Kurt, he shut us down. He closed us down for 2018. Another year yeah. come and gone. Big way to end the year with Seth and to start a new year for 2019. It's going to be a fantastic year. Lots to talk about. And it's going to start quick. I mean, Rayburn is the second week of January, and you got a Costa event right here in my backyard at Amistad the first week of January. There's not going to be a whole lot of downtime, Aaron. <laughs> no, that's for sure. And uh, hopefully as we approach the holidays, you know, Kurt, it's always fun being on here, and we'll take a little bit more time because I know you want to throw out some shout-outs, but uh, certainly fun hanging out with you for the 2018 year. And we just want to throw out thanks and kudos certainly to uh, Steve and Travis, Jess and Jackie, and all the different ones that's part of Bass Edge and, and certainly our sponsors and really quite honestly the listeners that's who help us get to where we are yeah the listeners big piece of the puzzle the uh, sponsors again of course megaware keel guard nitro performance bass boats power pole lawrence 
Mercury, protectthehavest.com, Lucas Oil, the list goes on. Thank you so much to all of our partners. Looking forward to a blessed 2019 after a fantastic 2018. Yes, for sure. And just want to encourage everybody to stay abreast with us on all things Bass Edge through the social media platforms. And be sure, click over to the BassEdge.com website. Articles, videos, lots of stuff going on there. And certainly with uh, the BassEdge.com store, free shipping on all Lucas Oil products, but several things there that uh, last minute Christmas ideas, if you get it in time, we'll try and get that sent out to you. So for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin, signing off for calendar year 2018. We will see you the first of the year. So long, everybody. Safe holidays. The Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. 